Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 176 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. I could not be more pleased that you are here today. How are you? There's no good answer for that. And one thing that I have actually enjoyed seeing is that people have given up saying, fine, good. Um, There's a little bit more honesty in the world. Just like there are fewer showers, there is more honesty. Let's face it. A lot of us are taking fewer showers. I know I am. You might be too. And a lot of us are saying to the question, how are you? A lot of us are saying, I don't know. I actually can't tell. Let me get back to you in a month or so. Um, I'm so pleased that you're here because today I am talking to Katie Forrest. I had already talked to Katie a while back on the show. She was a marvelous interviewee, marvelous guest. And she had this book come out a few months ago called Time Management for Writers, which I loved. And I've been meaning to get her on the show for forever. And between coronavirus and deadlines and her life and my life, we just kept missing each other, crossing. We we would have plans and then one of us would get sick or the other one would get sick. So it was, but it was fortuitous because that means I had her talking about time management for writers during a global time of crisis. So if you have been struggling to get your writing done, struggling thinking about this, uh, this episode is for you. So I hope you enjoy that. I know that you will. What's going on around here? This will be a very short intro because I am deep in revision. I did have to ask for an extra week, which I hate doing, but hey, your book is not late if you have an extension and you meet the extension. You got to ask for it ahead of time. So I asked for a week. I got a week. That means it is due in 12 days from now, which is totally doable. What I really wanted to do was finish this revision and then have time for about four or five very small passes, like a day-long pass looking at specific things in the book that I need to fix. And if any of you are interested in hearing what those passes look like, I can do a mini episode on that sometime. So let me know. So I'm deeply focused on that. I'm incredibly happy to be so deep in revision, you know, six to eight to 10 hour days of revision, leave me exhausted and overjoyed. And here's why, uh, Cheryl Strayed has a new podcast. Can't remember the name of it, but on her first episode, she talks to her friend and mentor, George Saunders, and he talks about writing as kind of this ultimate form of meditation. You're super focused on what is in front of you. Um, You're taking the time to look at it very carefully. It's very detailed and you're paying attention. Your focus is not being broken. And if it is, you gently lead yourself back to the page. And when I am in revision, that is how I am. When I am in a first draft, I am very surface. I'm, I am distracted by everything and every, anything and everything. When I'm in revision, I love it so much that I go very deep. And therefore I come out of like a two hour or three hour writing session before I go back in for another one. I come out almost feeling like I have been meditating for that long. So it's fantastic. Can't say enough about it. It's great. Uh, The only other thing I do want to tell you about is that um, I'm recording this on April 10th, 2020 and 90 days to done and 90 day revision have just opened. 
last night I let everybody who was on my um, pre-alert list know, and I let all my current students know that this is open. I have not yet sent this out to my email list. Uh, you guys come first. So if you are interested in writing your book in the next 90 days, we start on May 1st and we go through July 31st. People get their books done, whether it is your first or your 20th book. Write it in 90 days with me. You can go check out all the details on that at rachelherron.com slash 90 days to done. 90 is a number, uh, 90 days to done. And the 90 day revision course, which is kind of a masterclass of a masterclass. That's when you take your book, whatever, in whatever horrible shape it's in. Hopefully it's horrible. Hopefully it was a crappy first draft. And we get you to a revised makes sense draft by the end of those 90 days. You can look at that information at rachelherron.com slash revision. Those always sell out super fast. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen. I have to be honest with you. It's either going to sell out even faster than normal because of COVID-19 or no one will want to write in the next 90 days. So it won't sell out. I cannot tell you uh, what will happen. I'm in the dark here. Uh, but if you are interested in it, go to rachelherron.com slash 90 days to done or rachelherron.com slash revision. Yes, those are the links. Or you can always go to rachelherron.com slash write. I think I have both of the links from there. So that's available. I also wanted to thank really quickly new patron Ellen McCoy Beatty. Ellen is a delight. And Ellen, I hope that you enjoy the essays that you're going to get now at patreon.com slash Rachel. Enough advertising. What you really are here for is to talk about time management for writer in the in, writers in the time of crisis. And I've had too much coffee and I'm talking too fast anyway. So enjoy the interview with Katie. I know you will. Let me know what you think of the show at howdowrite.net or anywhere else I can be found on the internet. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. Give yourselves forgiveness and love and care. This is a difficult time. Uh, we need kindness more than ever. So happy writing to you, my friends. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome back to the show, Katie Forrest. Hi, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm just thrilled to have you. You could not be here at a more at a better time. And um, let me give you a little bit of a bio, which will speak to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Katie Forrest is the author of Time Management for Writers, a tried and tested system that introduces the three zones of focus and the ADAPT framework for productivity. She is the author of 16 fiction books split across two pen names and is a fan of cacti, curry, and cuddles. She lives in England with her husband, daughter, and puppy. Welcome back to the show. So the last time we talked, we were really doing the normal, how do you write format? I asked you all the same questions that I ask everybody else. And we are throwing that out the window today um, because you wrote this wonderful book that I really loved reading. And I read it when you first sent it to me, which was what, four, four or five, four months ago, something like yeah, that? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. So yeah. And we've been trying to get together ever since. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually, this is what I was saying just off air a second ago. I'm so thrilled that you're here now, that we finally found the time to do this now. Because I think never in the time of modern contemporary writers have we had a time when it is more difficult for writing to get done. I'm currently teaching two 90-day classes and... Um, I just keep saying to them, like, I've, 
distraction is always a real thing. It's always a struggle and life and grief and happenings are always a real struggle for writers. But add to that a global pandemic, like there's so many of us just going, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. So I kind of wanted you to tell us first a little bit about the book and how you came to it, because you and I are um, kind of time management junkies. And then we'll kind of dive into some of the um, tips that you might have for us right now. Sure. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so it's exactly that. Total time management junkie. Um, I say in the book, I've never met a time management book that I haven't fallen in love with. I am just obsessed. Um, And (laughs) I was quite prolific in my first year especially of writing fiction so lots of people were asking me how I did it and and what I was finding was there are so many excellent time management books out there but a lot of creatives tend to imagine that those books are for professionals and executives so mm-hmm. they're maybe not kind of gelling with the voice of some of those books that I love and I thought maybe I could add another voice to the conversation and and hopefully help some people with it. And let's point out the other thing is that um, when you read those time management book for, you know, businesses or corporations or stuff like that, you are part of that. You're also a practicing lawyer, right? Yes. Yes. I have a law firm as well. Um. (laughs) Not even a lawyer. You have a law firm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one child. So, and a puppy. Yes. So this is, this is, this is my thing. Um, I, lead groups of and talk to a lot of, um, I, I don't think I have any dads right now. I have all mothers in, in these groups who are coming to me saying, look, I, I have one writer who's about to finish her book in the 90 day program. And she has no joke, three jobs, three teaching jobs, plus kids, plus she's writing this book in 90 days and she's really done it. But, um, and, but she keeps saying, how, how do I keep this up? How do people balancing those kind of lives? Because I, don't have that. This is my first time full-time job and I don't have kids. So I always feel particularly unqualified to speak to this. Well, there's the saying that if you want something done, ask a busy person. And I think there's a lot of truth in that, but I think there's also an element of danger in that because we are kind of worshipping busyness in our culture. And I think that's something that we need to kind of take a stand against and say, actually, that isn't necessarily something to aim for. So, yeah, it's great if you're somebody who likes to be busy and is energized by that and you can kind of handle lots of plates spinning. Um, but you do also have to realize you can't do everything. I really believe that. Like I say yes to a lot of things, but I say no to a lot more. There's plenty of stuff I'm not doing. I'm not cleaning my own house. I'm not washing my own car. You know, there's, there are stacks of things that I'm not even trying to do. And I think that is the key, really. Like, choose the things that are important to you. And you can have two or three or four or however many your number is, but you can't do everything. So talk us about the zones of focus. Um, I, sure. I would love to hear about that again, because I actually like that it's been a bit since I read it because my brain is a sieve and I get to re <laughs> reapply all these things. So the zones of focus, um, I say there are only three things that you should be doing and they are things that fall within one of these zones of focus. So your mastery zone, your passion zone or the essential drudgery zone. And they're 
they're kind of fairly self-explanatory. The mastery zone is what are you the best at? So what can only you do? Um, the passion zone is this is what lights me up. This is what I get so excited about. So I don't want to hand this over to anybody else because this is the stuff that I get out of bed to do. And the essential drudgery is the boring routine stuff that we've all got to do. But the key with essential drudgery is it's essential drudgery. So I talk a lot about there are people who are keeping really, really perfect, um, impeccable homes. That's not essential. So, you know, but the essential drudgery is making sure you've got clean clothes. But do they really need to be ironed? Um, so, yeah, the, the book kind of breaks down each category and takes you through a list of questions to find out what falls into each of your zones. Could you, if you don't mind going into the personal a little bit, which I really loved about your book because you do go very personal in it, which I love. I love a mix of a how-to plus a little bit of memoir. That's just my favorite kind of book. Um, will you tell us a little bit about your mastery and passion zones and what falls in there? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and thank you for that. One of my favorite reviews on the book to date is, and I don't remember who who wrote this, but somebody said, there's a lot of Katie in this book. Yes, that's <laughs> why I loved it. I get very bored with the very masculine CEO voice of the business and the corporation. I want to know the personal. So thank you for that. It's a great review. <laughs> Sure. So um, my mastery zone, um, I think what falls into my mastery zone is is the words, um, because the words are my voice. And if you're choosing to ghostwrite, then that's absolutely fine. I'm not against that. But I think for most writers, the actual writing of new words is going to fall into either their mastery or their passion zone, or maybe both. Um, so it's definitely probably more in my mastery zone than my passion zone because I find sitting down at the computer and writing those new words a bit of a slog a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, my passion zone um, is probably engaging with readers. Um, and that's one thing I would never outsource. I know you can get all of these people who will manage your Facebook groups and things, but I absolutely love being in there and connecting with people I reply to reader emails and again you could get an assistant to do that but I love that so yeah they're they're kind of two of my big things it's so funny when I get emails I just got one today that said you know you probably don't read this email but I wanted to write to you I'm like are you kidding I would not let anyone else touch yeah. my email and email is one of my it's part of my drudgery most of it. Um, it's the essential drudgery and I can't outsource that. I have an amazing assistant, my friend Ed, and um, he can do basically everything for me. But the email to me, the fact that fans connect with us or that readers connect with us is so incredible that we get to respond back. That makes email worth it for me. Absolutely. And it deepens relationships so much. I remember recently um, I had an email from a company and I don't remember who and I wouldn't name them anyway. Um, but the CEO of this company emailed out, but they asked for a personal response. So they said, why are you using this product or service? Hit reply so, so I can read this. So I did reply. And then I got a response from a different member of staff. No, and I actually okay. replied to them and said, I was opening up to you as the named person and you've actually broken some trust here now because of that. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I don't have any issue with assistance and things being involved, but I do think you've got to be quite open about who's responding. And you have to manage those expectations. If that CEO had said, please reply 
one of my trusted staff will respond to you and get me everything that you say that is, you know, then you would have been 100% fine, but it's managing those expectations. So let's go to the drudgery. Let's talk about that in terms of writing. Um, for me, 75% of my email is drudgery and 25% is really thrilling and wonderful, but I only, I can sort through that and see that. Um, are there any other tasks that you as a writer are able to outsource or not manage um, because they are part of drudgery or are you very much a hands-on person with your business? Yeah, I don't outsource that much, really, with my writing business. I think you can pretty much outsource everything. Um, I've I've tried to outsource ad management because that is drudgery to me, um, but I've never really got the results that have made it worthwhile um so I have stopped doing that um I do have an assistant and she helps me manage my reader group and she interacts in there she manages my review team um so she's brilliant at doing those kinds of things um but she doesn't replace me in the group I'm still going in there and doing that um so yeah I'm probably not outsourcing as much as I could so Let's go to the difficult, difficult part. I have these mostly women saying, how do I get it done right now when I'm, you know, everything has been brought in. Like I also don't clean my house. Um, I have a cleaner that does it and my cleaner can't come right now. Yeah. So, you know, these, these added things are kind of piled upon us. Plus we have the weight of the world stress wise, you know, looking at social media or news. Um, what would you say to the, to that person I'm particularly thinking of who has three jobs, kids, and is writing her book for the first time. And she says, where do I find uh, how she actually has said, like, how do I balance sleep versus writing? <laughs> So always choose sleep. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. No one says that so clearly, but yes. Yeah. Um, but I think also we are in a time of crisis at the moment. Um, and I define a crisis as being something that is usually unexpected and short term or temporary. So there is every chance that the lockdown situation will stop becoming a crisis because it won't be short term, it will move on to medium term. But I think most people are still very much in the short term responding, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. And I've seen the memes going around about how this is the time to learn a second language. And no, absolutely not. This is the time to hunker down, make sure you feel safe and stop putting yourself under so much pressure. So that would be the first thing. <laughs> yes, so important to be said, yes. Um, and then the second thing would be, again, you can't do it all. So you haven't gained extra hours in the day. I mean, I know some people have because they're not working and they're at home, but I've not gained extra hours in the day. Um, and I don't think many people have. So there is no magic here. If you're still going to choose writing, you're going to have to say no to something else. And that might be really reducing expectations. So it might be plenty of screen time for the children. It might be your house is going to be dirty, <laughs> um, whatever it looks like. But you've got to kind of define what are the priorities for this short term, medium term crisis situation? And what do you have to give up to be able to meet that? Yeah, my house is actually dirty right now because I am um, on deadline as well. So I am doing that whole prioritization of what can stay and what can go. And right now cleaning is not part of it. And I love my wife. She's not 
the best cleaner in the whole world. She has every other strong, incredible point. Um, okay. So what about goal setting at this point? What about uh, when people are looking to find the space in their days and say they can find, maybe they can find that 30 minutes that they need to do a little bit of writing. Um, what do you think about planning days? Um, I, I think it's really good to see this as a window of time and try to decide what you want to get out of it. I'm thinking in my head, this is probably going to be a six month situation, which is based on nothing at all. But it helps my head. <laughs> I kind of love that information I'm revealing. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's great. It helps my head if I can think what is the time period here, because I'm a planner. So I need to know what is going to be the end date. So I'm thinking six months, what do I want to do if it carries on for six months? And then hopefully I'm not going to get to the end of this period and have frittered it away because I was always expecting it to resolve next week. Um, so maybe thinking this is a three month block or a six month block and then deciding what to do with that time might be helpful. And right now we're specifically speaking about your writing goals, what what you have as your writing goals in the next three to six months, which is um, really a great thing to think about. And in, I, I like what you're saying about instead of thinking that now is the time to do everything I've always wanted to do, perhaps now is the time to not try to write your next book in four weeks um, because you're at home and perhaps you're one of the people who has a little bit more time. Um, there are also people we have to mention that have lost jobs. So yes, they have, you know, they have a lot more time and they have exponentially more stress. That's yeah. not the best time to put any kind of pressure on yourself to be the creative genius you've always wanted to be. No, absolutely. There, there is so much anxiety. I, I'm, you know, relatively blessed personally. I've, I've got the stress of having to pay for my team's wages um, with a business that is not running as normal. Um, I'm healthy. Everybody I know is healthy. Um, but everybody has got their certain levels of anxiety that are going on right now. So to imagine that you're going to have those and yet be more productive than you were before, it's not going to happen. Just don't even expect it. You're setting yourself up for failure. And if somehow you turn out to be a person who just blooms in this situation, then that's brilliant. That's a bonus. But don't try to expect it. I really liked what you said about lowering your expectations. That is something that I talk a lot about in um, 90 Days to Done is like the, the every first draft, you should lower your expectations to the floor and then <laughs> dig a hole and lower them further. You know, it should be the worst first draft you've ever written, you've ever written of anything. Um, but I think along with lowering expectations in this time, it might be a good time to also increase our, how would I say it, self-compassion, just self-forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, so how do you track your days? I think we might have talked about this on the last episode, but I, you know, brain sieve. Um, how, are you a bullet journaler or are you a... So... <laughs> I, I'm the girl who's tried every single planner. And Me too. The only one I haven't tried is the passion planner because it's so expensive. I keep saying, saying no, 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 I'm not going to do that one. I've tried the passion planner. I think it was, was it a, um, a Kickstarter or something? It was, when it came yeah. Came out. Yeah, yeah, I think I supported like the very first version of it um, and it didn't quite meet my needs, but I, I've got stacks of um, um, different planners. At the moment, I'm in a Hobonichi, which oh, is I right. Oh, you love a Hobonichi. Um, so I've got the Hobonichi um, and 
I'm absolutely loving that. It's got a really thin paper, so it's page a day for the whole year, and it's not super bulky. So, yeah, um, you have to order them from Japan, or I do here in England anyway. I, I don't know if you've got, you know, US stockists. Um, I feel like quite a geek saying I have to order my diary from Japan. So <laughs> You are. Even if there was, like, you know, a stockist in the city nearby, I wouldn't go and get it from there because... <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very cool to have it come from Japan. I also use Japanese. Um, I use the Midori Traveler's Journal. And I, I have recently discovered the narrow, if anybody's looking, it's the narrow one. Um, this is just what the inside of mine looks like. It's it's a, a page a week and then an empty page. And you yep. can buy them with, you know, like for the first half of the year and the second half of the year. But I found they have them as blank and you can fill in the dates. And oh, so I just cool. buy a, a whole stack of them and then I do a week, a week, a week. But if I go, you know, like here's where I was on a retreat and I was just journaling. So you can use them kind of like a bullet journal, but it also doesn't have very much room. So for me, one of the takeaways that I really got from your book, Time Management for Writers, was not to over plan. And I know that if I can't, if I can't fit everything I want to do in this little space, I'm, I can't do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what else would you like to add to this conversation that might help in today's time or something that I might not have hit about the book? Um, I think you've hit the important points really well. I think what I would really like people to kind of come away from this conversation with is just kindness yeah. to themselves because this is just a completely unprecedented time so if you feel like you're making it up every single day you are and so is everyone else and just do the best you can um yeah yeah, I I think that's the most important message the kindness to the self I uh I I I realized the other night that I I believe that everyone is doing the best they can most of the time like 99.5 percent of the time and I realized last night that I believed that I believe that everyone is doing the best they can, especially if they think they're not. Yeah, the ones who are worrying about it. Yeah, means absolutely. you're already pushed up to your edge and give yourself yeah. that kindness. And I know that I'm a kind of person, I think, I don't know, if you don't mind answering this, I think people who are obsessed with time management, we might be a little bit more rigid and um, beat ourselves up a little bit more for not getting everything done that we want to do. Would you say yeah. that's true? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so then we deserve more kindness and we have to really think about it as one of our jobs to give ourselves kindness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm saying like kindness for all of you guys, but not me. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a wonderful note to leave on. Okay. So tell us where time management for writers can be found and where you can be found. So it's exclusive on Amazon. So um, it's in Kindle Unlimited. So you can grab a free copy if you've got a Kindle Unlimited membership. Oh, that. that's great. <laughs> it's out in paperback. The workbook and the audiobook are, are coming. Um, I'm, I'm going to record the audiobook myself if I ever get a quiet house, which isn't looking likely at the moment. Um, <laughs> But they are planned. Um, so, yeah, Amazon is the best place. I have a free Facebook group as well, which is Time Management for Writers by Katie Forrest. And I answer questions in there. You can kind of, you know, come in there and make a post about your particular situation. And the members will kind of 
give you some advice and I'll give you some advice and we'll try and work it all out together. Yeah. I am very excited about the audiobook that will be coming because your voice is beautiful and I will order it immediately and then I will have your ears, your, your, your voice in my ears. And I oh, love that. You. I love consuming nonfiction that way. And I often like to, if I've loved a book, I often like to get the audiobook to replay it. Me too. So. Me too. <laughs> Katie, it has been wonderful to talk to you and it couldn't be more timely. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.